Well, 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 here we are. Hi. How's it going? How's it going, sis? Uh, okay, here's what I'm going to say. I'm oh gosh, actually... We're getting right to it. We're getting right to it. I have been at, in a slump. And do you want to hear why I'm in a slump? Yes, definitely. For what, 25 years? <laughs> um, No, I'm in a slump because I'm in a spending freeze, okay? Mm. A self-imposed spending freeze where basically I went a little crazy for my own birthday month. Um, Thank you to everyone who Venmoed me. And by everyone, I mean Chloe Bruder. Loyal listener, great friend of the pod. Chloe. I always think of her as Clobrud. Clobrud. It's so it's such a cute name. First such of all, such a cute name. But she was the only one who Venmoed me, and that's fine. Um, except for the fact that it's not fine. And anyways, so thanks to her, I was able to go a little crazy during my birthday month, and just really, I literally blacked out and bought myself everything that I wanted, everything that I've been thinking that I wanted. I have like eight packages waiting for me at my apartment in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then I was like. This is fine. You're gonna you're you're gonna go hog wild right now because come September the prison doors are shutting. You're in solitary confinement. Your wallet is in solitary confinement. You're not allowed to spend money on anything that isn't groceries. Do you want to explain to the listeners why you foresaw that the prison door would be shutting? This is a little confusing. What do you mean? What uh, prison August? were you? What pr- prison were you entering? My wallet. In September? Was- the prison of, of a spending freeze where I cannot oh, shop. Self-imposed prison. A, gotcha. Yes, a self-imposed prison. I walked myself down to San Quentin and offered, you know, my wallet <laughs> and myself basically to them and said, please, for the month of September, lock me down. You offered your wrist for the shackles. I offered my Shopify password. I offered my PayPal account. It's all there. They've got it all. I have tried to turn off credit cards, to deactivate them, to do everything I can, but it's the PayPal. It's the connected PayPal account. It's the PayPal. It's and now it's Shopify too, and it's it's Instagram having my information. It's It's just so easy to buy things. I need to go back to. I need to become unbanked um, to really go on a spending freeze. I know. I think I honestly need to become unbanked too. I'm unhinged and unbanked. Um, okay, so so this is why I'm in a slump. So obviously it's really depressing not being able to buy myself things. I've already asked my sisters if they would buy me something and then I'd say That's true. I, I was like, you, well, said, you, you buy this as a gift for me. You said last night you looked at me with <laughs> hunger in your eyes. It was truly the look of like a person in distress and you said, will you, like you were practically shaking and you said, will you please buy this for me as a gift and I'll pay you back for it next month <laughs> i said i basically broke out in a sweat i was i really need, i basically broke out in a sweat asking you because i just needed you to come through so that i could get this gorgeous piece of jewelry i need it i need it now okay i don't need it in october i need it now you were jonesing you were like thirsting for I your was next fix fiending um fiending f- fiending excuse me i was fiending so basically what what's what's been happening the psychological change that my brain has been undergoing throughout all this um is is that basically whenever i'm in a grocery store whenever my wallet is freed if you will i am frantic and i am looking up and down every single aisle for something that might bring me pleasure mm-hmm. <laughs> that could that could be considered groceries mhm uh, i was in whole foods and i walked around with two 50 dollar hydro flasks uh, that I was planning on purchasing for myself uh-huh. as a pick-me-up. And then I 
in a moment of uh, strength, I put them both back and realized, no, those are not groceries. That is a thing. <laughs> that would be shopping. Because in your spending freeze, you're still allowed to buy groceries. Yes. But are you allowed like, to go out to dinner? Yes. Okay. But Lauren, you you think that sounds like that's a great life. It's not a great life. I mean, the only thing darker than a self-imposed spending freeze is the like lack of money in your bank account spending freeze, <laughs> which is more which like I- the situation I am facing currently. <laughs> I I kid you not. Last night, I like as I was falling asleep, one of my like later thoughts was like, oh, it's the 21st. I only have another, you know, seven days until this is basically over. Imagine my shock when I woke up and realized that it was the 15th. Yeah, the 15th. I'm two weeks away. I'm two weeks, two terrible weeks away. Speaking of slumber, putting you into a moneyed stupor, I have to tell you that I had a dream two nights ago that Kagan surprised me and it was like a birthday <laughs> surprise. It was Aww. like I was at dinner and he was like, I have something special to tell you. It's really exciting. Oh my gosh. And his, he surprised me with the fact that Dr. Phil was actually his dad. <gasps> and I was like, are you kidding me? We are rich. I was like, this is the best day of my life. I can't believe you hid this from me. Like, this is excellent news. And I was like, we're fly- flying private from here on out. Right. Was- Your whole life changed in the blink I- of an eye. My whole life changed. I was like, I also married into the Dr. Phil Empire. This is incredible. Right. Sister-in-laws with Morgan Stewart. Somehow I blinked my eyes hazily open that morning and saw the dark cast of light across the, the room. Po- of poor light. I saw the dim light glow in the room. And I just realized that Dr. Phil was actually not my father-in-law. And that was a grim reality to reappear in. Let me tell you. Do you think Dr. Phil, like, do you think his kids have credit cards that they can just charge to the family account? Like, do you think they're getting checks? Like, do you think they're actually heirs to, like, a huge fortune? Like, how well did the Dr. Phil show do? As someone who is not rich, I just want to say that one of my ultimate fantasies has always been to be so rich you don't pay for things. Like, your assistant calls ahead, gives the credit card information. Like, you don't even handle bills. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. even someone just stands behind you to pay for like once you're done ordering or I don't know, you don't even order, whatever. Right. Like your driver or somebody that handles it. I once heard that very wealthy celebrities and very rich people don't actually even pay for things. Right. I, I, I got tingly all over. That sounded so incredible. Um, what was the question? Oh, his kids. I think they do have credit cards and I think they have trust payments that come monthly. Of course. Uh, From, uh, wow. We love it. We love it. We love it. I mean, even if you're, okay, here's the thing. Even if you are one of these children, and let's say you are not on the dole anymore because there's no dignified reason for you to be getting any money monthly, mm-hmm. you still get the family five slash 10 star vacations. If you're ever a little down and out, you can always stay in one of the many homes. Right. It's like you're always completely buttressed from in wealth. The, the shackles of reality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we face every day as non-extremely wealthy people or wealthy people at all. And wow, what a glittering existence. Truly, truly. And truly. you're probably just, you've been placed in that upper ep- ep- echelon. What is it? How do you say it? Yeah, uh, upper echelon. So you're placed in this upper echelon, and that means that all of your friends have equal amenities. So you can always right. just, like, bounce. You know, if your family can't come through, your friends can. You're in an entire community where there's probably of elite. 
always a vacation someone else is hosting that you and can bounce for. from. Yeah, right. bounce from vac- paid vacation to paid vacation. Right. So this is how these people live. And it just, it's how I believe I was meant to live. And my birthright was somehow st- stolen from Stol- me. We were robbed. We Which were robbed by the grim reaper of reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Chandler. So anyways, if anyone wants to send me any money before my spending freeze is up, uh, that money is actually free money and I can spend it. <laughs> Gifts are fine. I can buy myself uh, whatever I want with cash that's been gifted to me. So wow. FYI. Wow. I mean, amazing the loopholes you create Yeah, in your own, you know, when you make the rules in your own universe. The contract with myself is actually very nimble. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> You know, I have to tell you, when you asked me yesterday if I would buy you that necklace, yeah, I was so close to buying it for you just as a fun surprise. <sighs> and I was like, it'll be such a special moment. But then I just realized, why should I – Chandler's trying to control herself. Why should I let her rules now create her – her tyranny within you well why should i let her endeavor to have more financial prudence and discipline make me make a poor financial decision no i actually think that's exactly what it's supposed to do oh my gosh it's you know the like we have to restore balance to the world i i decided against it i thought nope in the spirit of the spirit of what she's trying to do i should also in not solidarity in i don't want your solidarity you. i don't I want sh- your solidarity i should also not make unwise financial decisions oh. okay well let's well let's continue with bad news chandler shall we okay yeah let's just let's push through it i think we need to discuss the big news on the pulpologist front i know are you ready to come clean I, quite possibly the biggest news since we've gotten up off the ground Friends, foes, it appears there are foes out there. We have our first bad review. I I didn't think we'd get this far, first of all. Mm-hmm. I never had this sort of hope. I never thought that we would get anywhere close to having haters. I've always thought that it's a good sign if you ever get a bad review because that means your podcast is out there enough right. to where a stranger is able to mock you. Well, yeah, I, I never thought we'd get here. I think the people who have listened to our podcast up until this point, in my head, were always like friends of moms or peripheral friends from our childhood or people that are so close to us that like, if you don't listen to my podcast and you consider yourself my friend, like we're going to have to reevaluate some things. Right. There was always an element of like duty and obligation Mm -hmm. to people listening, or they were just extremely charitable friends. Right. And so there's some, there is something oddly jarring about this. But also exciting. Super like, exciting. Apparently, we've, we've somehow pushed this pod enough out into the world. But without further ado, should we read this review? Uh, please. Yes. And I think that we have to say that we're probably going to stop reading reviews at the end of the shows. And I think that the reason is um, maybe it's just a little bit. It's time to retire that part of the show. What do you think, Chan? I think it's time to just put it to bed and we'll, maybe we'll just keep reading the bad ones. I mean, I know because the whole idea of when we started reading reviews is that we were like, hopefully someone will write a review because they'll think, oh, they'll read it. And that'd be kind of cool. Like it was an incentive to, for people to read them. But now with this negative review, we're like, eh, like maybe. actually don't bother. No worries. We're good. <laughs> maybe just everyone put down your phones. We put too much pressure into the ether. Actually, if you have any thoughts on our podcast, keep them to yourself. Exactly. We're going to prefer radio silence on the review front. 
Because I guess when you uh, pressure every living soul to write a pop apologist review, you get this review, like the one Disney-E just left. Can two I, stars, not two one. Two stars. Two stars. Not it yet. Not one, which I think is an interesting choice. We can unpack that later. Mm-hmm. Shh. Do you want to read it or shall I? I'll read it. Okay. it entitled Vapid. <laughs> <laughs> Is this funny? I don't know. I've listened to two episodes and it seems pretty unoriginal. <laughs> so many utterances of can't even and literally dot 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 painfully stereotypical. They're, they're almost funny, but all the humor and dialogue <laughs> is tinged with self-importance and way too much self-awareness. It's like when you go out to eat. This is the part that really cuts deep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's like when you go out to eat with girlfriends you haven't seen in a long time and one of them comes prepped with this long monologue about their basic life that's overly dramatic, (laughs) very rehearsed, and only just slightly funny. Only just slightly. You walk away with a few laughs (laughs) and a pinch of pity for your friend because girlfriend worked way too hard for those laughs. That's this pod for me. Sorry, I'm a jerk, but hard pass. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. And to think that we can inspire this kind of vitriol. I mean, it's actually a really good bad review. Well, I know. That's the worst part about it. It's like she makes a few good points. She makes some some fantastic. I mean, Disney E, boy or girl, he, she, they, y'all make some great points about the pod. I think the best part from this review for me is the dinner scene with the oh, girlfriend. Well, I relate. I'm like, yeah, I hate that too. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that bitch. Hate that she shows up. Her monologue is so freaking well it's, rehearsed. It's not even, and it's not even like it's well rehearsed. It's just like, wow, she's really been thinking about this joke for a while. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh. And you, you walk away with a few laughs, but really it's that pinch of pity that's just at the Ugh. bottom of your stomach. I'm like, I kind of want to offer this. Does she want this person, Disney E, do you want to p- perhaps write some jokes for us? Because pinch of pity, beautiful imagery. I love the alliteration. And I just want to say, although Disney um, vapid is the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, the podcast is called Pop Apologist. What did she think this was about? The Middle East? Right. Like I'm, I'm not I'm very confused. I'm not unpacking Eastern European politics. No. This is not a podcast about cancer research. Nope. This is not Lennox Hill. Please go watch Lennox Hill, though. Please. Then you can question what you're doing with your lives and why you're listening to this, po- <laughs> this vapid podcast. I also just want to talk about how cutting it is to open with the question... Is this, is this funny? funny? Is this funny? Is this funny? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so rude when Disney E has clearly answered that question. There's no question for Disney E. So why ask it in the first place? Should our hashtag be on our podcast? Hashtag is this funny? I would like to invite Disney E on the pod. Mm-hmm. I would love to try to, you know, get to the root of what's going on here. Right. I mean, honestly, I'd like to just invite her on to help us with our self-awareness. I don't know. I feel... I didn't realize um, you can be too self-aware. It's a good learning. It's a good note. It's a good uh, strategy. <laughs> something I can work on. Exactly. We need to be less rehearsed and less self-aware on this pod, Chandler. I'm not okay. sure how we're going to get this. Uh, and less self-important on our own podcast. Right, right. Okay. 
I'm not sure, really sure how to proceed. All the humor and dialogue is tinged with self-importance and way too much self-awareness. She ends a lot of her sentences with question marks. Like, she's, like, looking to the rest of the reviews. Like, come on. You know this isn't funny. I know. It's like a wolf whistle at all the other reviewers. Like, come on, ladies. Tell the truth. Right. Is this funny? <laughs> is this funny? Really? Really? Um... Okay, so it's okay. last review that we're going to read aloud. And I want to amend our former statements. Actually, reviews mean everything. They really, really help. So please leave them. But to save ourselves further humiliation, we are going to stop reading them on the air. Right. Uh, yeah, Vapid will be the the low note we go out on. We started off on a high, and we're going to go out on a low. Absolutely. Keep ourselves humble. Um, other news, Chandler. Let's move on from this. Uh-huh. Let's move on. Keeping up is ending. Keeping up is ending. Another low note. Um, I have been scouring the, to the ends of the earth for information on keeping up ending for our listeners. Right. And I assumed given all of the Patreons I subscribe to, all of the like the deep, dark web 4chan forums I'm on that talk about reality television, that I would be able yeah. to come with real juice this week. No. There's nothing. There are common hypotheses as to why this ended, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is that they one is financial. They just did, couldn't reach an agreement. Do you think they were just asking for an astronomical amount of money this next season? I really don't. My theory is that Kim and Kanye are getting divorced and that she does not want to air this publicly. She does not want to have to film this. And it has been a requirement on the show to film even the hardest parts of your life. But Kim is not willing to pay that ultimate price. And so I think that staring down the barrel of, you know, a divorce, divorce, she's just, she's done. The only other person who was invested was Chloe. And I think that Chloe getting back together with Tristan probably doesn't want to be subjected to the ridicule. And so without Kim, and well, honestly, without Kim on board, the whole thing falls apart. And I think that's really why it's no longer, why, why the show is ending. Because she's just taking a dramatically different course in her life. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with all those data points. I also think that the writing was on the wall. Like, Courtney does not want to do this show, and it's constantly fighting it it constantly leads to infighting between the three of them to like get her on board and i just think at this point it's like got to be exhausting also i'm just gonna say the show has not been very good in a very long time no i mean all it is all the show is is them texting in their kitchens Mm -hmm. and eating salads and talking to each other right or sitting on big sectionals and talking to each other or extremely staged drama it's not the show that it used to be I think you just used to have some pretty lovable characters like a Rob or a Scott. And like, we do Mm -hmm. still have Scott, but like, it's just not the same. No, it's all so contrived now. Yeah. And I think that Scott's jokes are contrived. Yeah. It's all of Scott's parts are pranks and they're, it's not Scott in the beginning. He was full of sardonic wit. Todd Cranes. Oh, it would just come out at the best moments. And it really was like this authentically obnoxious, you know, brother-in-law. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Who said inappropriate stuff, but Mm -hmm. nothing is now inappropriate. It's all just pranky. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I think a lot of the, I think the show has like, to your point, has not been good in a really long time. And I think that they just don't need it either. Like with, you know, with having their followings on social media, they don't need the network to reach their audiences. Right, right, right. 
Like, think about Kylie is the richest in that family, and Kylie is barely on that show. Yeah, yeah. Barely. I mean, it's, and if so anything, they gotta it's look like, at Courtney probably needs it most out of everybody. Yeah. I think once you get that big, you look at your life and you say, okay, like what, what, where's the return on investment here? Totally. And Kylie has been able to amass a billion dollar almost fortune, barely being on this show for the past couple of years and yeah. seasons. Clearly we don't need this. Nope. What if we spent all that energy filming 10 hours a day for three to four months out of the year doing other projects? We can make more money and you don't have to, you don't have to put your personal life out there. You don't have to put your kids on television. So can you, I'm imagine? surprised it lasted this long. Yeah, totally. It's lasted a long time. Um, here are my, here are some closing thoughts. Yeah. Uh, to your point about what they could do with their time now that they're not filming, like, can you imagine how much Poosh is just totally going to take off now? The empire you, that Poosh will become. I don't think Poosh is going to take <laughs> off. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So there's that. I'm worried about Corey and Chris. What are they going to do? I mean, I think they're going to continue doing what they were doing before, which is hobnobbing with hobnobbing with elites, going to expensive resorts and homes and on vacations, and him accompanying her to her business him, meetings like, with, like a, a water bottle. Him like reminding her that she's a mom first and like exactly. a businesswoman second. Exactly. Oh, so good. RIP. A moment of silence. I am really sad that it's ending, but I also say that in, in full transparency, I haven't really regularly no. watched it in a long time. I, I haven't watched an entire season all the way through in probably three or four years. Okay. Well, Chan, this is going to be a little short intro because as you know, we have the second part of our interview with our dearest beloved our sister. Dear GTIB. G- dear Courtney Grow, great things I bought. Chan, you were not a part of this interview because you had technical difficulties. So really, this is the end of your participation in this this episode as well. Thanks, guys. But next week, we'll be back. It'll be the two of us, a full, long Pop Apologist episode, back to our normal programming. Mm-hmm. But for now, enjoy part two of our interview with our dear sis, Courtney. Bye. <laughs> What is her diet and how does she have the best body ever? The people they want to know. Oh my gosh. I do not have a great body. I just only post good pictures of myself. <laughs> That's true. I really, I get these questions and they're very flattering. And I also think that like, I don't know. I think that's not true. I think you do have a killer body. You do not have a single stretch mark after four kids and you've made a miraculous recovery. You well, look thank insane. You. And thank you, I, think, I think that just observing you. Courtney has always been a very, she's never been a dieter. She's just always been like a very moderate portioned eater. And I think that kind of level of stability has just allowed you to never like, you don't really go off the rails ever. You never overeat and you're always just always in control. And Mm. it's just, yeah, I think that's honestly your secret is like you don't diet and you just eat small portions. You know what? You're saying this and it's actually, I'm sure people are like rolling their eyes because this sounds like such a boring answer, but the more interesting answer that still fits into this like criteria is I never overeat at home. Ever. Ever. Like I just, I overeat all the time, but I 
truly like to save my overeating for special occasions or like something out of my house. If you go to a restaurant, you might indulge a little more than normal. Um, But do you go to bed a little hungry every night? Mm, When I'm like, I would like to. I just, I feel like my eating philosophy is a little bit like my shopping philosophy. And I just truly want the most bang for my buck. Yeah. I'm rarely going to like snack on boring food. I'm mm-hmm. rarely going to wear boring clothes. Like I just tried to like maximize my dollars and my calories like all the time. And I, uh, I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone but me, but I just don't, I don't believe in like overeating at home. Yeah, that's true. For real, a boob job or is this clickbait? Where did you get it done? I'm shopping around. Someone oh, also asked who was well. your surgeon. So you got to give this answer. I, his name was Dr. Fryer and he's kind of like, um, what, what's the, you know, the meme with the girl and like all the numbers and calculations like around her face. And she like looks a little dazed and confused. Like that was kind of his vibe, but he like took really good measurements and I did have like one side that needed like a slightly larger implant. So he like compensated for that and it was a super breezy surgery. Wow. That's amazing. Kate, are you willing to disclose how much it costed? How much it cost? Yeah, I don't even remember, actually. Is that terrible? I was somewhere between three and five grand, I bet. What? What? Why is that low? High? Oh my gosh, I'm getting a consult. Okay. (laughs) It's like nothing. Okay. Not nothing, but it's, I thought it it was. I don't remember thinking it was, no way. I mean, oh my gosh. Dr. Fryer. Dr. Fryer. I hope he has an appointment this week. Man, I'd be staying another. Okay. No, don't do it. I don't love, I'm not into the booby look like whatsoever. I'm not into it either, but I would love just a tiny bit extra. No, you don't. No, I'm going to put my feet down. Really? No, definitely not. I would never have done this if I like didn't have like loose skin. I was feeling like I'm not into the boob look. I just wanted, I just wanted to, I don't know. Okay, restoration. Well, honestly, there's so much other stuff I want done that it's fine. I, can just, <laughs> I would love to reallocate those funds. To yeah, totally. Procedures. You should definitely put that money somewhere else. Let me Thank tell you. you. You're the best. Okay. Really no injectables. And this is really no injectables. <laughs> I mean that skin stars. So that's actually nice. Uh, that is a very nice comment. I, I have Botox for sure. Like I love forehead Botox. It's kind of like the best thing ever. It truly, Lauren, do you disagree? It just makes your forehead like glisten. It's incredible. There's nothing like it. I don't, here's my only thing with forehead Botox that scares me is there's something really freaky looking about people, about women, I would say who have a super tight, crazy forehead when they're like 55 and it has actually maybe not mom looks beautiful and she has no forehead wrinkles. I think it's a good look. I don't think it's the only good look, but I think it's a fine look. Yeah, I agree. For me, I didn't start getting any sort of wrinkles until I was probably 27 and I noticed it in first in the car window reflection and I was like, holy crap, why is like my- You have no wrinkles. I have I have fine lines between my brows or I was starting to develop them and it's amazing. Botox completely takes them away. It's yeah. incredible. That would be like my only other skincare tip in your 20s. I'm like, don't do anything- that changes your face. Truly why I like started my account is because I like spent a lot of time on Instagram and I felt like there was just so much of the same thing going on. Like, I feel like they were just like, like, I don't think the biggest lips are the prettiest lips. And I think that's just like something that's like happening these days. It's just like make everything bigger that should, Mm -hmm. that could possibly be pretty bigger. 
mm-hmm. make everything smaller that could possibly be more attractive smaller. Mm-hmm. And it's just like grossing me out. It was grossing me out to an extent that like I was just like interested in being on Instagram, like maybe without makeup occasionally. I will say though, you are coming from a place of someone with naturally very puff, like plump lips. And- but my lips, if I like pose them a certain way, I do not think that my lips, you would see me and be like, wow, her lips are huge. No, no, not, you're not Angelina Jolie, but you definitely don't have classic like white girl like lips. You have very, you have nice lips and you also have like wide set almond shaped eyes and like a gorgeous nose. So I, I think it, it's a little, it's, I think it's harder for people maybe who weren't born so but, beautiful. <laughs> but that's really to say, I don't know if that's true. I just think that people, like, look at Demi Moore. Like, there's plenty of beautiful people without. You know. I always look at Gwyneth Paltrow and I, she does yes. not have big lips at all. She and doesn't like, have a particularly so tiny nose. Totally. But her like, face is so beautiful and interesting. Totally. I think that, like, actually, quarantine really, really made this come to a head for me. I've just, I think I'd rather look slightly less attractive and more like myself. Like, yeah, I had eyelash extensions for a really long time, and I still think those those look great on people. But like my exterior, like I think I just got so overwhelmed with life and overwhelmed with kids that it became very uncomfortable for me to be this like like person who was like had barely any time to change out of her workout clothes, and then giant inch long eyelashes on my face. Like I really wanted like there to be like continuity in my vibe, and so I mm-hmm. took my eyelashes off. Like I don't. I just kind I of got more into so skincare. much fresher without them. Yeah. I truly the first night I took my eyelash extensions off. We ran into one of my husband's friends who's like kind of blunt and he's just, did you get a nose job? It was like, that was like how much of a change <laughs> totally. that like taking my eyelashes off made for me and whatever. I honestly sometimes totally miss them. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Yeah. I just think that like I was interested in going back to basics a little bit. Yeah, Totally. I mean, um, I had eyelash extensions for a decade. I think there's something about trying to take a more East Coast approach to beauty and appreciating uniqueness and not being like an taking the LA approach to beauty. Yeah. Yeah, That's I agree. Um, okay. Or Orange County. It's more Orange County. Yeah, Orange County, LA. LA is the worst for sure. Yeah, I guess you're right. Us, yeah. When did you get your boob job after the twins or before? Was recovery hard? No, I got it right after my first daughter. Recovery was not hard at all. It was like maybe two days of weird. I felt weird for two days. How did they, did your, how did like, how long was it before you were like ready to rock those, those babies naked? I think, oh my God. I felt because I didn't have to stretch my skin at all. Maybe it was an extra easy recovery. Gotcha. So you were, they were like good to go on day um, 48 hours later. Oh yeah. I I had, I felt like it was. A zero recovery situation. Gosh, Dr. Fryer. Okay. <laughs> and you got them before the twins. I don't know if you said that and recovery is not hard. Great. Okay. How was nursing post boob job? Definitely a little more complicated. I don't know. This is, I have the medical terminology to go through this, but I didn't, my first, like when I nursed my daughter, it was super easy. My son, it was like almost like things were like rerouted. And so it was a little more complicated and same thing with the twins, but okay. it was it almost like maybe an extra nursing is a transition for everyone. So it was maybe like an extra week transition. This question just came in. 
Are Courtney's lips filled oh to the God. brink? No one asked. Or no one did. She didn't phrase it that way. But do, have you had lip fillers? No, I've never had lip fillers. Okay. Courtney, can you share things that area great she bought for her home? I don't know what that means. Oh, do things you know that, that are means? great for home? I am going to be working on this. I'm going to post more home stuff. I'm very into it. I feel like I finally have, we've been actually, we sold our house a long time ago and we were renting for a while and I had the twins. And so I'm like finally in a place where I'm going to dive more into that. But I also think it's back to my, my back to my fashion mentality. My food mentality is also like my interior design mentality of just like, just put your resources into the things that have the maximum payoff, the thing that makes you the happiest. Yeah. Just start at the top and then see what's left over for like door handles. Totally. Love it. Okay. If she could only cover her body in one store brand, which would it be? I'm going to say Brock Collection. I don't know if that's Ooh. a store brand, but that's just always my go-to. I, who am I kidding? That's not my go-to. I can't afford it. Especially because my husband only loans an event rental company. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Your husband is only loaning out chairs. So really, let's get so, honest. What about $200 a week to work with? Let's keep no, it real. I just... I love $200 a week is actually a a good clothing budget. (laughs) I was joking. That was like our family budget. Oh, we were a whole family. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I love Brock Um, Collection and Kate the most. Okay. And let's get, and and if you're shopping, if you're like, maybe money is an object, what would your answer be? Oh my gosh. There. Okay. This brings up a really interesting point for me because I feel like people, and truthfully, there are a lot of people with money are very quick to brag on like high street fashion or fast fashion. And I actually have a philosophy that fast fashion is changing our world. Yes, it's hurting the environment and there are some ramifications of that, but I actually truly believe that fast fashion is making it so no matter what your budget is, you can look good. Totally. I think it is really important for someone who's straight out of college or hasn't had a good job to be able to show up at an interview, show up at a party with their friends, show up in any situation and people can't immediately judge them on like the, what, not the quality of their clothes, but like their socioeconomic background. Like for sure. Fast fashion has made, has given people an equal playing field to enter the world in. And I think it's doesn't get enough credit for that. I think it's, it's so interesting, like the way, just the history of fashion. What an interesting point that I read in Sapiens was he talks about how we used to live in a world that was so stratified. The classes were so separate Mm -hmm. and you knew exactly what class someone was part of, was a part of, like you knew if they were like which level of servant they were by their clothing. And now we live in a world where like our top CEOs wear the clothing that, Mm -hmm. that was formerly designated for farmhands. They were blue denim, which was thought of as like very low, was thought of as like very middle class, very low brow. They wear hoodies, like fast fashion has completely democratized and made, you know, looking good, accessible to anyone. So it's really an incredible, brave new world of fashion. I truly think it is fantastic. And I like, there've been some people that I've like followed on Instagram that just like constantly rag on these brands and like the damage they're doing to the planet I just, I don't mean to say that they're wrong, but let's just be real here. Like people cannot afford even a hundred dollar pair of jeans. And I think there's such a classist problem in America already right now that if you took fast fashion off the table, things would just feel worse. Totally. Absolutely. Sorry. James is on the Alexa making an announcement. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. No. Okay. Sorry. Okay. 
we got a lot of these questions. What does her budget look like? Honestly, I think Wyatt and I are at the point in a relationship where I think he knows that like he's not going to win necessarily. And I don't know. I'm not, I don't have a budget and that's not to say that there is like no limit to what I can spend, but I just don't, the minute you give me that word, like I just start, I start to feel like Lauren at that wedding and I just get a little sick, a little hot under the collar. Budgets are so boring. Budgets are like, I have some dear friends that like thrive with the budget and I am just way too much of a, hold on. Oh my gosh. I want to interject and I just want to say, and I'm going to keep this in. I think any sort of number, it invites judgment from people. Like, oh, she spends this much a month. I just think that it's like, there's no good answer to this. And I also think that the truth is you're not buying $2,000 tops or dresses every day. You're also not just shopping. I don't own a single $2,000 dress or a $2,000 top. Yeah. So it's somewhere in the middle and let's just move on. Okay. How does she look so flawless all the freaking time? It's a great question. It's called the Paris filter. (laughs) I seriously, I really don't. I really love the Paris filter. I feel like we all deserve the Paris filter, don't we? If I became a celebrity or the president, if I became president of the United States, my first (laughs) law would be that everyone has to wear glasses all the time in my presence with a Paris filter on them. Totally. I could totally get down on something like that. Behind that. Yeah, totally. Okay. Advice for pregnancy and new moms. I'm just going to be honest here. I think there are like women who, in my experience, thrive more as a wife and there are women who like thrive more as a mom. And I've always felt like I was like the type of woman who like enjoys like adult life more than kid life. So it's an unpopular thing to admit. I am, mm-hmm. of course, obsessed with my children and they're and my such whole a good mom. world. Well, that's nice of you to say. I think I'm a pretty good mom. I enjoy being with my kids more than anything else. I just don't think it's my most natural role. So I think that you just acknowledge that like it's a really hard job. Not everyone is like going to be find all of their joy and satisfaction in being a mom. And you can still just love every minute of it. Like I truly love every minute of it. I just think like that there's people out there that like have, does this sound terrible? No, no. I think this is such a, this is such a good answer because I think that, yeah, there are some people that really love being a mother to young children and you love being a mom. There's, we're not saying that you don't, but there's some people that are like, love, like, doing activities all the time, organizing like watercoloring with their kids and they love, and they're just like, they thrive in that zone. And I think that you're just like a very, you're a very natural, wonderful, caring mother, but you also love adult life and you love like mental stimulation and you're, you thrive. I think you really thrive doing both things. So I don't want to undersell you as a mother at all. But I think what's important is you're self-aware and that you also need other kinds of stimulation. And this brings us to another question that people asked. They said, why did you start? Two people said, why did you start this account after you had twins? I saw this question last night and I honestly like woke up thinking about it. I felt like there was like a part of me that could just like sense that like I was going to just explode into a thousand little pieces and lose myself completely. And so maybe it was born out of like a spirit of like keeping somewhat of my own identity and having totally. my own project. Well, and I think that it's honestly been not a lifesaver, but kind of a lifesaver. Like totally. four young kids can totally drown out any sense of self. And so it's been like a huge blessing. 
Yeah, I've loved doing it. There is like And you thrive doing it. I I think well, and I saw this was another question and I I don't have the questions in front of me, so I can't repeat like exactly what the person asked. But there's so much like happening on Instagram that like I found myself like just being like, oh, that's like that like vibe or that like aesthetic is so dated to me. And that's like what people think that like is cool in Utah, you know, like there's a very Utah style yeah, that I just rejected. And I like found myself internally rejecting it. And I'm just like, I should actually try to create something instead of just like being critical of this other vibe totally. that doesn't match me. And so it was born out of that too. I'm just like, if I don't want this to be like the final word on like how people in Utah dress, then like I should just put in the hard work that all these other people are putting in before I just decide to be critical of something. Add your voice. Yeah. And I do think like being on the other end of it, like putting yourself out there, like no matter what you do, there's people it's going to resonate with. And there's people that are going to just like probably hate you. And that's a vulnerable, scary place. Yeah, but I'm actually sad because we haven't had any sort of negative review on Pop Apologists, no haters so far. And that just makes me know we haven't made it yet. You only make it once you have a few haters. Once you have, it's true. And I think that like people, I read this quote somewhere and I'm going to botch it, but it was just like people that are like busy creating don't have time for criticism. Like anybody who has time, and I've, I'll be the first to admit that like I've been on the criticism and something yeah like it's easy to like go down this thing of oh my gosh like she's so thirsty or I can't believe she's posting this picture of herself this is so desperate but like truly like when you are on the other end of putting yourself out there and like experiencing that like you don't have time to be critical of other people and you look at the I think I don't know I don't want to like wax on poetic about the way that women treat other women but it is I think we see someone putting themselves out there and somebody like being like posting like a picture thriving. of himself. Yeah. And I think we, our first instinct is to, is to like, our first instinct can be like a little critical and it's sad. And I think that everyone just needs to realize that a, I think once you get on the other side of it and you realize creating like content for other people, free content for other people is actually a lot of work. Totally. And so suddenly you like have respect for people that are doing that. And then you also just realize everyone is just putting up the best most flattering photos you don't see like no one's putting up their low light reel Instagram is a highlight reel and maybe look inside if you feel critical of other people and realize that like maybe that's just like something inside of you that's like oh I want to create something I want to do something absolutely and And, honestly do it yeah that's truly like I had that thought to myself of just I think that I'm jealous I really honestly started this because I was jealous that other people had the nerve to do something that I wanted to do and I didn't Mm -hmm. have the guts to do. Totally, totally. So people get the guts and like share because I think sharing people get a lot of value out of sharing and it's a there's space for everyone to share their unique gift. Like when we were remember when we were talking about Chandler and I wanted to start something and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start an interior design Instagram account. It's going to be so easy. I'm just going to post shopping links to like interior design type stuff. 
I have, I'm not interested in interior design. Like I love beautiful spaces, but I'm not very good at it. I don't look at interior design blogs. It's just not your passion. It's not my thing. And you were like, why are you going to do that? Do something that you actually enjoy and love. And that comes naturally to you. And I do feel like with Pop Apologists, while we're just like this baby podcast that basically has three listeners, I do feel like we actually, like we've gotten people saying like, we love, I love listening every week. I feel like you guys are my friends. And like, it's cool to like, put something into the universe that other people receive and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I feel like with my, with great things I bought, I, it was what I was doing anyway, like shopping online, finding things for other people doing that. Like it just genuinely is my passion. And I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh my gosh, I've got to create content for these followers. Like I selfishly, I'm just looking for myself every time I go online still. And I'm just trying to like, share what naturally occurs to me like you me and Chandler we're now all doing I would say we're putting out content into what we were already doing before in a very natural yeah. way yeah um, I'm sorry if it makes anyone cringe sometimes yeah. it makes sometimes it makes me cringe and if it makes yeah and sometimes we make ourselves cringe totally. and honestly I also think we should just say if you're critical we don't have any judgment for that because we've come from places uh, of totally. criticism before. That's the thing. Like, I'm sure people see these pictures I pose myself and it's like, oh my gosh, like, wow, she's so full of herself. Or like, she must think she looks amazing. And like, I have those same, like, I think before I put anything out into the like atmosphere, I'm just like, why am I doing this? Maybe I should quit. Who cares? Who cares about me? No one could possibly care. Everybody must think I'm so stupid. And I've gotten to a point where I'm like, great. If that's why you're here for this experience, just to make fun of me, then I don't care. Yeah, whatever. whatever. You're giving them fodder. Who cares? I'm giving you fodder. You can say thank you later. Totally. To me and okay. my event rental husband. Yeah, exactly. Courtney, what do you consider your style to be? If you had to sum it up, give us the gist. Okay. My style for me is, first of all, is it interesting? Does it have something to it that feels slightly like off the beaten path? It's basically my first criteria. Second criteria, is it flattering? Does it like when you put it on, does it like generally flatter your body? And like, I don't know that my bar for this is like very like as high as some other people's. Like I'm not all about like looking sexy or like always like the the look that makes me look, you know, the most, my body the best or flatters my body the best. And third for me, like is just, it's kind of like this general like joie de vivre, like does it just make me happy? It's maybe like my own, Marie Kondo feeling like does it give me like an x factor of joy yeah does it make you feel I don't know maybe this sounds dumb but does it feel make does it feel unique and special and therefore when you wear it do you feel unique and special in it absolutely I feel to me it's like interior design for your body like you just need to put on the things that like make you feel happier like we all have heard our mothers say like you know you need to get dressed like I feel more energized when I put on clothes. I feel happier and I feel like I act happier. Mm-hmm. I think that when you wear something that isn't, that's a little bit more bold and you're not afraid to be a little extra, it, it draws people to you. And even if totally. someone's like making, like you and I both have had people like make like snide remarks of like, totally. like how crazy our sleeves are or whatever. And it's like, who are you talking about? You're talking about me. Absolutely. I'd rather have criticism and not be invisible. Exactly. Like, exactly. If if you're an object of derision or if someone's talking about like the way you dress, they're spending their mental energy on you. Yeah, free rent. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. How do you all, wow, oh, this is a question for everyone. Sorry, Chan, she's not here. How do you all have such incredible dewy goddess skin? Seriously. Courtney, I would say that I've seen your skin have a metamorphosis. I would say when you first had your twins, you were very tired and your skin looked, <laughs> your skin looked good, but you were really tired. And I would yes. say, I would say over the past eight months, your skin really is like stunning. And so, yeah, give, give us the deets. Um, I mean, I just think that when you're getting like two solid hours of sleep a night, your skin's just going to take a hit. So I really do. I know it sounds so impossible because you can't buy this from Sephora, but genuinely sleep is a huge factor in having good skin. And I've been loving my, I've been trying to figure out which one I like the most, but I've been loving my LED light situation. Mm-hmm. And I think just babying your skin. Like, I do get an extraction facial, like, every six weeks. But, like, I don't really do anything to my skin. It makes my skin worse first. Yeah. I don't know. Like, pick at it. I don't pick my face. I think not picking your face is, like, the number one advice I have for, like, anyone. I, might, yeah. I stopped breaking out when I stopped picking my face. Like, everything got better for me when I – actually, my best advice is to step away from the mirror. Step yeah. away from the mirror. Use a mirror when you're putting on your makeup and walk away and don't look back. I, I think like less can be more. Yes, I, I totally agree. I think so. less can be more. And I think that here's my thing I'm going to say. I think that fillers are a tricky line. I think that fillers are like eyelash extensions in the way that they beg for makeup. I think what's interesting about fillers is, and I don't know why I'm not Literally, this is a Q&A for you. But here I go again. Um, look for the surgical option, is my opinion. If you're looking for fillers to give you bigger lips, honestly, I would look into like going to an extremely skilled surgeon for a lip lift. Like I would do – Interesting. I would pick a surgical option that's permanent and that will just give you the lasting results so you're more low maintenance over time. You'll actually spend less money and just get it done once, and it'll look more natural, in my opinion. Interesting. So. Okay. Okay. Like is Courtney a J. Crew model? Courtney, are you? No. <laughs> no. Are you but putting I on a, a magenta peacoat on jcrew.com? A tomato red lip. <laughs> exactly. A striped tee and some cargo shorts and hitting Saint Tropez. I love J. Crew. I seriously wore so much J. Crew in college and I do love J. Crew, but I'm not a J. Crew model. I'm not a model of any variety. Thoughts on the Purcell sisters. Was your family raised Mormon? I don't know any of the Purcell sisters at all. I have some thoughts that are, I just want to live in Rachel Purcell's house, especially her backyard. Her backyard yeah. is insane. It's a very beautiful domicile, if you will. Ugh. What was you? the second part of that question? Was your family raised Mormon? Yes. Spoiler alert, very Mormon. Okay. Very Mormon. Go back to a podcast. Episode. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Every last beauty secret. That might be a little tough. I would say just follow the, keep following the Instagram. Yep. Any, do you want to give one beauty secret? Um, okay, let me think for one second. Lauren, what's your beauty secret? I think this kind of goes in with what I just said, but I think that I have had one thing done. I've had one surgery, which I don't want, really want to talk about publicly, which I kind of, kind of is an annoying answer, but it honestly changed my life in a huge way. And I will just say that if you have a genetic, if you have anything that's just genetically like an issue, it's not something you can fix by, you know, lifestyle fixes or whatever. Just 
save the money, go to the best surgeon you can find, a true expert, and just get it taken care of because you're wasting all this mental energy on fixating on something that you really can just fix. And I understand that might be a little tone deaf economically. Not everyone has the means, but this is just an honest answer. If you can, do it. It's okay. You're making payments, right? Yeah. I financed my procedure. Like, Totally. And it was the, and I'm so happy to make that payment every month. It's my favorite payment to make. And mom always said this, and I actually think it's totally accurate. I think there is like a stigma around plastic surgery, but like everyone gets braces. Like you don't just like look at your kids' crooked teeth. Just like God made them just the way they are. I'm never going to fix this. A hundred percent. It's just people like still have to make the mental leap that like putting cages on your teeth and I don't know, using wires to straighten them out is somehow less invasive than just like, like it's so noble. Skin. Yeah, it's so noble. One of my favorite things about Kagan was I when I told him what I wanted to get done, he was in no way weirded out. And he was like, I think it's cool. He's like, I think it's cool that you're competent enough in your life that you are able to solve this problem for you. And he's like, I don't think it's a problem, but I think that you should do it if it makes you happy. And like, that's a great response. Just solve. Just solve, solve the, the problem, problem. people. Um, okay. okay. My beauty secret <laughs> I'm going to say, I mean, it's not even really a secret, but like truly what makes more of a difference than a little bit of self-tanner? If you're feeling bad about yourself oh or you're gosh, having just like a so weird true. off week, like take the take the 15 minutes at night and give yourself a little mitt spray tan. I'm loving this one. I'm, I put it on my Instagram account. It's called Undress. I, Lauren, it's the one I keep bugging you to try, but you're just – I know. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. It's, I'm going to try it like today. It's fantastic. I'm Now I'm turning this into a plug for this. I'm not paid to say this in any way. It like, it goes on. I love the foam. It smells like a pina colada. It has zero self tanner smell. And I've been like put, trying to put it on like twice a week. And I've genuinely like thought to myself, like I need less makeup. And like, why does my skin look like, why do my arms look so good? And I think it's self tanner, like a great self tanner is the best gift you can give yourself that like requires very little time and energy. Kagan is all about everything on natural as everybody right. thinks he is. It's so annoying. But he like every time I have self-tanner on, he's like, you look it's- so beautiful. And it's really like self-tanner. You need to come upstairs maybe right now and try this new self-tanner I have. It's it's yeah. natural makeup. Like you don't have to wear – you have to wear less makeup. It's incredible. Okay. Are you Mormon? Just wondering. Um, I am more Mormon than anything else. There we go. Um. Who does your Botox? I go to Bellis Medical. Her name is Melissa, and she's great. I've gone to her for a long time. This woman is about to be inundated. We had 10 people be like, (laughs) I'm going straight to whoever does her Botox. DM me for her number. I can send her number to anyone who asks. Courtney, what did you do before having kids? I did eyelash extensions for other people for, I think, seven or eight years. She was the eyelash Yeah, I had them. I had them, like, truly in Utah before anybody else. Like, I will say that confidently. And I started doing them before anybody else. And then I had like some other random odd jobs. And when I stopped doing those jobs, I went back to eyelashes and did them for a long time. And then when Wyatt and I were trying to get pregnant, I he started like doing well with his stuff. And so I quit doing it because I just felt like I did. I don't know. It just stopped being fun for me. Like it was like eight hours a day, eight hours a day of being like over people's faces. And I think I was like kind of, you were you worked really hard, really hard with it, and it was good. But I just kind of just couldn't do it anymore. So I not, and then I was kind of worked with Wyatt for two years and had a baby. I think it's fair to say that like you, Wyatt was starting his first couple yeah. ventures. You were supporting 
the both of totally. you doing eyelashes and working like, you know, intensely. So, um, true story. I love to hear that. We were dating and he just truly ran out of money. Like he was starting his businesses. He had like basically just ran out of money and I started paying for things even when we were dating. There you go, folks. Sometimes, you know, you got to invest. It's called an investment And it's funny because like, yep. looking back, it was like one of the things I like loved about him the most is that he has like no attachment to money. Like money to him is like a really fun game and it's like not emotional on any level. Sometimes you have money, sometimes you don't. Yeah, totally. Okay. How do I elevate my style slash look to feel more put together? Okay. The best thing I think you can do to feel put together is just do your hair. I think if your hair is done, even if it's a low mm. bun, if it's a ponytail, any sort of thing you can do, even if you don't wear makeup, just do your hair. Yeah. It's funny. I, my mood is 10 degrees lower yeah. until my hair like, is done. It doesn't necessarily – I think makeup almost makes more of an impact on your look. But I think the way I feel, you can like almost go straight to my hair and like see if I admit it to put into myself today. Even like I talk yeah. so much about my Mason's totally. and hairbrush, but I feel like – Four minutes with a Mason Pearson hairbrush, just going over your hair, takes you to like a polished look faster than anything else. Absolutely. Okay, we got two of these in a row. Who is her favorite sister? Wow. Oh my gosh. People, there are five of us. So there's five girls in our family. So there's actually two other sisters who are not trying to, you know, create content for the masses. Uh, so really well, I'm just going to say my favorite thing about the teachers that people know on this podcast because I think that would be the only thing that's interesting. Okay. I'll start with Chandler. I interesting to others. Interesting to others. Yeah, other sisters Sorry. are super interesting. Obviously, um, my favorite thing about Chandler is that we both have like give no thought for the morrow kind of attitude and way we live our lives that I think could like drive other people <laughs> crazy. But like we're very much like enablers of like some more irresponsible decisions because we kind of both have that like this makes me happy now. And I feel like we both really understand that emotional currency of like doing something that like will boost our mood for the night, if that makes sense. Whereas like, if you go to Lauren for that validation, she's going to be like, I don't think that's a wise choice. I don't think you should buy that. I don't think that that's a good like placement of money. That's true. I am a little Yeah. Lauren's definitely more measured measured and Chandler and I are just like very um, simpatico and like the way that we um, (laughs) view I, I think the way we view resources. Uh, my favorite yeah. part about Lauren, Lauren is so sincere. Like she really is like, Aww. Wyatt and I were just like laying in bed last night talking about like how fun Lauren is with our kids. And like, she is like, she really will be like on all fours, like chasing James, like a monster. And like my kids just like, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone like play with kids like Lauren does. And like, I feel like Lauren is like so a sweet. huge cheerleader. Like when I was thinking of doing great things I bought, I'm like Aww. Lauren and I like, could have moments of like doubt and insecurity and like I could always call Lauren and she would like feel like give me like honest, direct, important, like cheerleader feedback. Lauren's the type of person who you're gonna call and tell that someone said something rude about you and she'll just maybe be like, She's just jealous. She's jealous. That's the all there is to say about it. <laughs> and you should take you should it, take it as a compliment that she's jealous jealousy. of you and blah, blah, blah. And I just – I think that, like, I, Lauren Lauren and Chandler, like, you're lucky enough to get Lauren and Chandler in your life. You got it made in the shade. I mean, it makes me so incredibly sad when people tell me that they have a bunch of siblings yes. and that they don't get along. 
Because truly, my sisters, like the question you have to ask in our family is not do your sisters get along, but like what level of best totally. friendship are you at? Is there between each dynamic? Like we are obsessed with each yeah. other and love each other you so and I, much. Like, when you're like – you and I like don't talk as much as Chandler and I do. And I think you and Chandler talk more than obviously this – yeah. Yeah, when we're – Yeah, but like it's other, just like sure. I could call you any moment of the day. And she's like, hey, what's up? Like there's no – and I think you and I have like very little and like yeah, it's just like we just have get along very well. I mean, if we want to take a vacation, my preferred vacation is like yeah. my entire family there. Like, like is like a vacation. I think there's a lot of all girl families that like, like secretly hate each other too. It's not us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, who is your favorite child? Wow, how apropos. Oh wow! Oh my gosh, I'm so individually obsessed. Like I with each of my children, like their personalities, their quirks, their faces. Like I could like write a seat masters on why each one is my favorite. Your, your kids are all they're uniquely so special. Like, and I have so much to, they're like so, North, they're just, North, yes. East, South and West, not the Kardashian children, not to be confused with Northwest, but like their personalities are all pretty opposite. And so it's really fun. Yeah. It's so fun. You can't even compare them. Okay, full rundown on Lauren's hair routine. So I, my answer to this, gosh, I love getting a question. It makes me feel, I just feel like, ugh, so special. Okay, my answer to this is I, I have good hair genetically, um, just lucked out in that department. Again, other genetic issues. But I lucked out in that department. But I will say that one of the things that I did for a long time was I never cut it. And so my ends were really dead and ugly looking and not fresh looking. And my big advice is cut your hair, cut your hair, get it trimmed, even three millimeters, a little dust, trim it yourself. I will trim my own hair every couple months. At do you least. have Kagan do it? And just or do you trim do it? it just a little bit. How? No, I do it. I do it. I mean, okay. So this is the, my dirty secret, but I always yeah. have my hair curled. And so I never wear my hair straight. So it doesn't have to be perfectly straight on the back. So I will literally part my hair in the, like part my hair, my natural part, bring it down on oh the side. Oh my sides, gosh. There's hairstylists like, listening you know, to this on both and sides. crawling. They're dying. They're dying. And I will just take my fingers and pinch the end and then take a pair of scissors and just Oof. cut off a couple of millimeters. Just keep the ends fresh. And honestly, people, people ask me who, cut, who cuts my hair all the time. <laughs> Yeah, that's just because you have really pretty hair. I lucked out in the tournament. Our oldest sister has like the most insane hair you'll ever see in your life. She has like a doll hair. Yeah, she has doll hair. But yeah, and the, I've, I saw a huge difference once I started cutting it. And I actually gave the same advice to my mom and my little sister, McCall. And yeah. they both started doing it. And their hair, their both of their hair looks so much better a year later. And it was beautiful to begin with, but so much healthier and longer and fuller. Like your hair will actually get longer if you cut it, but if you never cut it, it breaks off at the end and it, yeah. Lauren, you, yeah. Lauren has spectacular hair, whatever Lauren says. And honestly, she doesn't have to wash her hair. It never gets greasy and it never gets peasy and her curls never fall out. So if you weren't already jealous, <laughs> now you know. Oh my gosh. No one's mm -hmm. jealous of me, but, um, Okay, how to look cute at all times while on vacation. I actually Go have an answer it. to this while you think of one. Sorry that I'm the co-host. I know I should no. just be listening, people. Sorry. I think a statement hat, like a really great hat, 
that'll work. If you're, I'm assuming you're on a poolside or beachside or whatever, get a really great hat. That's going to make you feel super confident and that's special. That's not just like your run-of-the-mill Target sun hat. Maybe invest a little more in that. You'll wear it with each swimsuit. And a hat, it, what it does is it provides even lighting across your face. And so hats are so flattering. And yeah, that's my I'm going to take it one step further with sunglasses. Hat and sunglasses, it's mm. like the recipe for a killer, a killer. vacation vibe. Ugh. I think investing in sunglasses totally. is huge. I think sunglasses, if you can manage to not lose them or break them, you can wear the same pair of sunglasses every day for a week. You're better off wearing ballet flats from Amazon, yeah, mango from head to toe, and then a an ex- suit, like a gorgeous pair, expensive designer pair of sunglasses, bag, like investing in those things you wear every day. Yeah. That just elevate everything. Totally. Sorry, did I totally cut you off and keep going no, with that? No, no, not at all. Okay. How does she have so many kids and always look so put together? Oh my gosh. Honestly, I don't look put together. I like, okay, let me start over. That is a very nice compliment. I don't think that like, I don't know that that's an accurate portrayal of my life, but just only take pictures when you put together and then people think you always look put together. That's what it is. I would say I'm going to make an addendum to this. You... Even if you're wearing workout clothes, you're wearing cute workout clothes. And even if you're like, you always look put together because you're never in Hanes sweatpants and a big t-shirt. I don't own a lot of garbage clothing. I will say that. Yeah. That's my, that's actually my downfall is Kagan's garbage clothing. That just is so comfortable. Get rid of your garbage clothing. Who cares? People are always like, I don't want to wear this for my kids. It's going to get ruined. It takes me back to when, remember when we would go out to eat? With, um, we were kids and we would like order these kids meals and my mom, my dad would be like frustrated that all of us like weren't finishing our food. And I remember distinctly mom being like, it's not like you get a refund at the end when the kids finish all their food. <laughs> and like, that's kind of how I feel about clothes. Like you don't get your money back when you like finally wear through your pair of workout shoes. Like yeah. you just, it's all about like meals are about the enjoyment and the experience. Like clothes are about the enjoyment and the experience. Like I'm just – practicality for me comes second. Don't you think that if you are wearing a cute outfit and you're around your kids, like, you're going to be in a better mood, you're going to feel better, and you're going to be – like, it might impact your – just the way, like, you, like, arrive in the world in that moment. And also, that's the great thing about H&M and Mango. Yes. You don't have to worry about it. Your dress was twenty nine ninety nine. Cute doesn't equal expensive. 100%. Yeah. Save your expensive stuff for going out. Yeah. You can still look gorgeous at home. That's what I've been loving. Yeah. And I post a lot of that stuff. Like those are my favorite finds. Like right now I'm truly wearing a $20 H&M rose sweater that I love and I would have spent $200 on. Totally. Find those pieces and buy them in two sizes. Mm-hmm. Buy them in two sizes and return one, right? Well, buy them in buy them in two sizes. Like I bought this sweater. This is just like case in point. I bought this sweater. It was twenty dollars. I knew I wanted to have one to throw over my workout clothes, and I knew I wanted to have one that was like tighter and more fitted to like wear with jeans. Yeah, like that's, that's take great a good advice. piece that you love and is functional, and buy it with two purposes in mind. Like, yeah, buy one that you're going to wear around your kids, and you're not going to let yourself feel guilty about, and mm-hmm. then buy one that you're going to keep nicer, and you're still under fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, where do you live? Yeah. What's your address? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, Come on yeah. by anyone she, you want. She she lives in Utah County. What does she slash her husband do? We already did that. Okay. So let's move on. How tall are you? Five nine. 
We are all 5'9", except for Weird. our oldest sister, who's 6'1". Yeah. Six feet. And how old is McCall 5'9"? I think McCall's 5'9", yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Courtney. I think we've, uh, you know, dominated or monopolized your time enough for the morning. So I think we're going to stop there. Thank you so much for participating. Love you so much. This was so fun. Just keep, thanks for letting us ride your coattails. We plan on perching there forever. Stop. I honestly don't know who will want to follow me after listening to this, but if you're still around, I'll see you on the internet. Oh, stop. We love you and you're the best. Thanks so much for listening, you guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.